Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal Yo. and Pastor Todd. Hello. And it's been a few weeks since we got to sit down and record again. I was away. We're back. Yeah, but we're back. We're bam, back. bam, bam. Everybody was <laughs> at a different place. I was in Zion National Park in Utah and Bryce uh, National Park, and I went to Vegas for a day, which was, I don't remember if I told you guys this. It was pretty fun. And like, wait, wait. It was pretty fun. Did, well, you, did you make uh, some money? Did you make uh, some money? Uh, well, uh oh. <laughs> Don James is on his way right now. <laughs> no, but I tied them credentials. It, so it was oh, fine. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, it was You no tied on it, huh? Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, that was cool. Cool. <laughs> No, but I actually I did think, I don't know if you guys have been to AC, which is like cool, but I, like it's kind of gaudy and it's like not my scene or anything. Yeah. Like I know, but Vegas like to is. Go. Well, Vegas. No. So, so I went. AC's I was like, well, scene, it's Vegas just, it's is. just AC. It's like the same thing, but it really wasn't. It was actually. I mean, it had the casinos and those things, but it was is so it, big and crazy. Is it like, is it like New York Times Square? I guess with the amount of people walking around, kind of. But it's like these gigantic themed hotels. But you can walk to all of them, and especially like the strip, it's like you just walk between these hotels and casinos and restaurants, and they're all these crazy themes going on. Like, so we ate lunch at the Paris one, which is like they got a mini Eiffel Tower there, and it's kind of it's it's over the top. It, it's still gaudy, but I think it's so big and crazy that it it it's cool though. Mm-hmm. Like versus what and AC, I'm like it's gaudy and it's like eh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's not. I've been to AC a few times, but just like whatever. So it was pretty cool. I, I guess I'm saying it, it was cooler than I thought I'd be, you know. And we went to the Bellagio, had these crazy fountains. Uh, yeah, yeah I, that's like in every movie or whatever they have those. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. So that was it. It's it was like a fun. classic movie shot. Yeah. yeah, I actually got it. Wait, I didn't show you guys because I got to post it. Um, wait. Well, I know if you're listening, you can't see it, but Rebecca and I have this thing. We do mo- scenes from movies, so I, wait, I gotta show you. This is my High School Musical one because it was out there. <laughs> mm. Then I did. This is the best one. This is Star Trek. We went to the Valley okay. of Fire, oh. and they literally filmed Star Trek Generations there. So I just copied that shot. Nice. And then this was Rebecca for Ocean's Eleven in front of Bellagio. Okay. With the fountains, I got like. The that same is picture. pretty. Yeah, nice. So nice. That's pretty. That was pretty good. So you guys were there during the daytime. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. We stayed one night. We got there at night. We stayed one night, and we were there all day. So it was, it was pretty cool. And the food was all good, too. Utah food was not that great. So <laughs> <laughs> The Vegas food was good. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. If you want, like, solid, like, food, food like, to, like, really hit your soul, it's, it's got to be New Orleans, man. Okay. It's yeah, got to be New I've Orleans. I've heard New Orleans. I'm telling like, you right now. It, it's something different. They got there. a different style and everything. It is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, I mean, I, I, it's amazing, top to bottom. I, I just love. I, they put stuff in front of me. I just eat it. I'm like, oh, this must be what heaven tastes like. This is, this food will be served at uh, the marriage supper of the lamb because it's fire. Mm. Which you brought up in your sermon. So I did. That's I did. Exactly I, I uh, that's how I feel about Fuse Eatery. Oh, okay. The best empanadas in existence. Them empanadas are. And let me say, I had some authentic empanadas. Last night too, I was at this thing in Philly. Is my friend's getting married, and I guess his his fiance's whole family is Hispanic. I, I guess okay. I don't know, but the food was amazing. Uh-huh. But still, man, there's something about fuse. I'm like, we're, we're like, this is this is heavenly. Like, yeah, I'm like, this will well, be in heaven. That's how I feel about fuse. It's, it's so good, and it's like, and I, the right the fuse eatery. 
they're Colombian. So everybody's got their, you know, everyone's Hispanic or empanadas is a Hispanic food, but then you almost have like these variations, okay, right? So okay, like you have yeah. these people, like Colombian empanadas, you have maybe Cuban empanadas, and you may think that they're all similar, but there's, these, nah, there's, there's different yeah, variations, there's, so they're, they're kind of different. And they're all good. They are all good, but right now, Fuse Eatery is Fuse killing is it. Killing it. Fuse is just... And I think what's the dessert empanadas set them up, put, put them on a different level. Because no one expects empanadas to be a dessert, but when you go there, and they're you like... get it. The Nutella one, flames. With strawberry and banana. Flames. Oh. The the apple one, flames. They put like powdered sugar on. Oh, Stop. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Stop. I had that one. Stop. It's like an apple turnover. It's so good. If you do go, if you're listening, though, don't get the pizza one. Because <laughs> I got it once and they used, I feel like it was like like really cheap sauce, sauce or whatever. The, yeah, and yeah. It, it wasn't that good. So just, I'd say avoid that one. But every other one. Yeah, is don't, don't get Italian stuff at a Colombian. <laughs> no, but it's, you know what it is? They do, a, they do, a, they do a not bad job of trying to bring other things to the empanada. So they have a, they have a, they have a, uh, they have a Buffalo, they have a Buffalo chicken one. Yeah. That one's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Hawaiian one is one I do a lot. They do, a, um, Oh, what's the, oh, the Jersey one. It's like uh Yeah, I thought that wasn't bad. The it's like a breakfast yeah, empanada. Right. Yeah, or bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Damn it. They they it, I'm telling you, dude, Fuse, they got some they got some things going on over there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's made me love empanadas in general now. Cause it, when I have other empanadas and I'm like, oh this sucks. I'm like, oh, this is this is delicious, dude. Yeah. But when you fuse, like it's just like a moment like heaven yeah. and earth kind of come together. They, and they have a whatever like that's like sauce a is. like a big sloppy <laughs> <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Uh, empanadas (laughs) and hawaiian pineapple Mm. come together like heaven meets earth like a wet sloppy well they have listen all i know is it's it's fire and their sauce that they give you for their empanadas is really good but they won't tell you i asked once i was like what is this he was like and he shook his head no and i was like okay (laughs) so he won't tell me but he knew he knew immediately he's like i know what you want you want the recipe to this sauce. I'm not giving it to you. You don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's Tostita salsa. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's cool that uh, we're getting to, you know, able to sit down and talk because both of you guys preached in the last uh, couple of weeks and Pastor Jeff, too. So, you know, a lot to cover. And you guys, I think, both, you know, added a lot to this series, the Won't You Be My Neighbor series, emphasizing our physical neighbors and our church community. It was pretty fun yesterday having uh we had donuts after first service and the ice cream truck after second service that was a big hit i think it was a big hit but i have i have a problem with the people who are listening because there were a lot of oreo cookie donuts left what's wrong with you they were good they were good are they still well i think i think by the end of second service they were gone but at the end of first service i'm like nobody even touched. those are my favorite i think think and and listen i only have a problem with it because i'm like why didn't you like them i don't have a problem the fact that you left them for me to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was the thing. I, I didn't. I had one of those, and I wanted two more, but I walked away because I was like, "Oh my gosh, that well, was really good." Well, that yeah, must have been the only like, one that I saw that was missing. Was the one that I you ate, literally I, was like, I was there afterwards. I <laughs> Matt saw too. me like grab, and I'm like, oh. yeah. yeah, no, they were. That one was. It was so good, and I. Man. Yeah, that one. That should be illegal. That one should be illegal. You yeah, should, that one's called the vomit. 
attitude. They, shouldn't be, doing it, they shouldn't be making that one. Well, that shout one out to them because they, they're they they're actually really nice over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. there a few times yeah, and yeah. then we did that order too and everything and they were like super friendly. So. That's what I got donuts from when we did uh, Fun Arts from there. Oh, okay. And uh, for, the, for all the kids and I got a bunch of different ones and actually Pastor Jeff's uh, anniversary when he, um, what was it, 25 years? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yep. Uh, I ordered platters of the mini donuts from them, yep. which are the same thing. They're just smaller. And uh, I could eat a whole platter. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not saying it's I should because diabetes, you know, whatever. Fire. But <laughs> that was great. You know, so, so it's been great, you know, really emphasizing that, you know, so pastor jeff you know emphasizing our church getting to know each other but it's cool what you talked about pastor todd you know changing the narrative and basically i like how you started about names and and all that stuff yeah yeah. i i I think what was funny about that too is i read through it and sometimes with bible names you just read through and you don't think about what they mean yeah but when you really look at like the meanings behind some of the Bible names, you're like, why would you name your kid that? Why is this not abuse? <laughs> it's like, this is my child. I hate him. <laughs> Which I, I always wondered, like, because they didn't actually like what was the one example you said? Uh, uh, contempt, right? Right. But like, is it the equivalent of naming them contempt? Like, like I literally named my child contempt or or troublemaker, or is it like it's just a variation? So. You know, you right, know, like, right. They no, really I know what you're saying. High contempt, the, like right. The ones where you really know that that is what they were named and that's what they were called is the ones that come from Hosea, which is okay. like, yes. name your child, not my people. Mm-hmm. Name your child, yeah. not loved. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was supposed to be this visual reminder. So in that case, I would say yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know? but no, but so but, I mean, but in the just other generally cases, speaking, people knew that that's what the name meant, right? I, right. I'm assuming like they just know that that's what it meant. Or, right. Or I think I think with Jacob, it's like, again, I think it's a variation on like what heel grab or deceiver means. Mm-hmm. Yaakov is like close to that. Like Maybe that's how right. Because like when you look up Todd in the English language or whatever, it means like fox. My parents didn't name me that because they thought, oh, look at him. He's a cute little fox. You mm, know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. And when people call me Todd, they're not thinking. You hey, know, Fox. Like, hey, Fox. You know. Star Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Steph does actually have a student named Fox, which is interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, interesting. So I guess I could call him Todd and get away with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Although it might be a girl, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, something I wanted to ask, you know, thinking about your sermon, because I think it was it was great, and also kind of I feel like the angle that you had was like understanding well, I, it was, I, I like what you said, you know, that the enemy has a narrative and, and your name and these things, but Scripture's narrative is different and how God has a plan for you. It's forgiveness, redemption. And really, we need to experience, we need to understand that um, in order to uh, represent God's love to other people. And you had said, and we say this in preaching, and you had said it something along the lines of like, oh, hey, you know, we have to keep reminding ourselves of this because it's so easy to, you know, forget or we'll hear the Pre- enemy's lies. Preaching the gospel to ourselves. Oh, preaching the gospel to ourselves. Yeah. You said that. So I guess I wanted to ask, uh, we, we maybe even have said this before on here, but like if we have experienced like the amazing love and grace of God, you know, why can we forget that? Why? Why is it the case? Well, I, I think I think just in general, people are forgetful. Like like I think about the Israelites who 
literally experienced fiery manifestations of God's presence. And yet when they were hungry, they're like, oh, I guess you brought me out here to starve. I I guess you brought us out here. to." uh, And I think it's so like the theological term behind it is sin is has a noetic effect, which means sin tends to blind us and blind our minds to what is sin and to what is true. Um, Actually, I think you've said that on here before. Yeah, I I, I might have. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I, I think just living in a fallen world. I think with all the things that happen to us for some reason, I guess because we're fallen people, like sometimes the negative stuff, the bad stuff, whatever weighs heavier in our minds, heavier in our hearts. Then oftentimes it's like the things that God has done. And I, I, other than just being fallen, I don't know why that happens, but it is a common thing where like God can do great things and you'd be like, Oh yeah, wow, cool. And then something bad will happen and be like, that's the thing you remember. It's the bad thing, not necessarily what God does. So, yeah, we're reading a book <clears throat> right now as a youth team um, called Gospel Fluency by Jeff Vanderstelt. Uh, and in it, he makes a pretty comp- interesting argument that a couple of our youth leaders didn't really they didn't like the way that he phrased it. But he says that all of us on some level are unbelievers, that we fail to believe things about God uh, and for ourselves in certain areas of our life. And so he really says you're like he's his premise is everyone is an unbeliever on some level. Uh and he so he's he's trying to push you to not be that though. But he wants you to first recognize that there are areas where you may not believe. And so he says um he says I slip in and out of believing God's word um you know about me and trusting in his work for me. Uh and so some of our leaders were kind of like I don't like that. Like I don't like this idea of unbelieving. And I think uh, it was Eddie who was like, I would like to think that maybe I slip in and out of confidence, which I I like that, you know, phrasing maybe a little bit better. Um, But his argument was like, yeah, I think we we slip in and out of confidence in God's word about ourselves and confidence about God's word uh, about, you know, others. And then Jeff Vanderstelt says that we all struggle with unbelief in God because the message of who he is and what he's done for us can sometimes be unbelievable. You know, you're, you're like you use that word. Wow, it's just unbelievable. Like, you and know, so he's using he's flipping. it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he's like, you know, like it can be unbelievable. You're like, wow, God has done this for me. This is I, I don't see how this is unbelievable. Like or, you know, or even and this is where we've kind of like taken it because we have found a, a lot of times with our students. This is kind of the space that they live. It's like God can do those things for other people, but he can't do mm-hmm. it for me. Yeah, yeah I was uh, thinking that. Too. And so yeah, you, you know, we've talked about before. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's he's Jeff Vanderstelt is challenging that in the book. He's like, this is how people think they really do believe this. And so the, the role is to come to a place where you are preaching the gospel to yourself and you're like, oh, wait, this is the truth. Oh, that's right. This is what the Bible says about me and who um, who God is. And as I put my trust in that you know as i continue to put my trust in that you know i grow in my faith in god and i grow in my maturity and you know the gospel in and of itself grows in me and that just sounds like another way you know that's just another in my mind i'm thinking oh that's sanctification right sanctification is like the growth uh within me that takes place where my belief in jesus becomes more and more and more and more and yeah and kind of with that like uh, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday that, you know, some of that, when you think of eternity, though, 
and what it would be like in heaven that that may even be part of the equation is like we're going to only be continuing to discover God's love and his faithfulness and the layers of that and the aspects of that and how worthy he is and so um we're obviously doing it in this life and we're struggling with sin but even on the other side when we're not struggling with sin it will con- will still be coming to understand more of of God and his love mm. you know in that sense too and you know what else i think i think the reality is we all have areas we're strong and areas we're weak so it may be really easy for us to believe god in this area <clears throat> for ourselves and then in other areas because of either experiences because of our own struggles because of whatever we may be like well yeah i believe god can do it but i'm not sure i believe he will do it you know because it's an area where it's it's maybe it's harder for us it's a harder struggle for us so I think that's part of what I think that's referring to, too. And I think that's why sometimes it's easy for us to remember what God did in this circumstance. But in this other circumstance, so maybe it's a harder area for us to trust. <clears throat> um, we can be like, oh, I'm not sure he's going to really do something. And so, like, where is God in this? And uh, I mean, we see the disciples did it all the time, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like they were like, God just fed 5000 people. Now there's 4,000 more people who need to be fed. And they're like, what are we going to do? There's not enough food, you know, so, or, or God just fed 5,000. Now they're out in the storm and they're like, I guess God's going to let us die out here. You know, like, like they did it all the time. And so I don't know. I I, I think a big part of it is just, it's just human nature. Well, okay. So actually going off that, then this, I'd want to just get your thoughts on this. I was talking to Rebecca about this the other day. Like you said, oh, I, I know God can do it. I mean, I don't know if he, if he will, but I, I know he can. And I thought of that. I was thinking of this worship song. I sing at Valley Forge sometimes. But about like the promises of God, right? We talk about that. But think of, take Jeremiah twenty nine eleven as an example, right? Okay, a lot of Christians can tell you now, well, that's out of context. I, I know the plans I have for you, says Lord. Hope for plan, uh, future. Hope, plans for hope in the future. And it's like, well, he was talking to Israel, and that's because they were going into exile, and so we know the context around that. So really, hey, Matt, the promise isn't for you. My professor had a great way of saying it. He would say, right sermon, wrong text. That was, I think, that's a great perspective. The truth of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is still absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is kind of the wrong text to preach that as far as, hey, here's the plan that God has for you, because that was for Israel. Mm-hmm. But I think of that sometimes when people are like, you know, you just got to hang on to the promises of God and things like that. And sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe like a lot of the ones we grab are like not directly for us. Like they're in the Bible. But should I look at them like that? Should I look at them like it's the promise I'm to claim when I think of that? I don't know. I, I want to see what I, you think. I, I mean, honestly and truly, I struggle with that sometimes, too, when we're like. Hey, I can do all things through Christ. Well, well, like we take, we hold on to that and it's like, or yeah, we hold on to that. And I'm always like, well, but that's not really talking about like everything. That's talking about a very specific circumstance. Yeah. Leaping a building in one tall, but right. right, You know, know, and it doesn't necessarily mean that everything comes my way. Like I can handle all on my own or whatever, you know, like, so I, I kind of like think that way too sometimes, but, like what I try to do to kind of like balance that out and and rein it in for what's truth is when I look at the overall arching character of who God is, that he makes these promises in specific situations, not 
because it's his character to do those things. Does that make sense? And so while maybe God didn't directly promise that he had, that he knows the plans he has for my life, I think throughout scripture we see that God has plans for people's lives. Right. I think throughout scripture we see that God's plan for people's lives is always for their good, even though it may be going through hard times Mm -hmm. because he'll take those hard times and redeem them to move us towards knowing him in a different way, a more intimate way, no change, challenging our hearts or whatever. Um, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that promise is really for us. But then when I look at the overall thing of scripture, God is a God who does make promises to his people. His plan for his people is always good. So a specific instance, maybe that wasn't directed at me, but it is the nature of God to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really great answer, a great perspective. And that's why I said, too, I like my professor's comment. It was actually for hermeneutics, like my class on biblical interpretation. So he said, right sermon, wrong text, because I think it's the same idea of what you're saying, that this is God's character Mm -hmm. to do these things, even if that verse wasn't really for Matt Jones in its direct context. This is the character of God being revealed. and, And so we can trust God. <clears throat> I think that's great. And and just I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, 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 uh, along no. along the lines of the reality is like when you read through scripture, you may not always find something in scripture that correlates to today's experiences of what we're struggling with. Do you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you that's because you're sometimes we read scripture as a proof a proof text we're looking to see well what this verse mentions alcohol so let's read what it says about alcohol Mm -hmm. this verse mentions adultery so let's read it to see how instead of looking at the overarching ways of god of how god handles things and saying okay when it comes to sin this is how god responds when it comes to human struggles this is how god responds and so it may not directly speak about um whatever may not directly speak about gender identity, Mm -hmm. but it does speak about how God views us and how God created us. And so, you know what I mean? Like, like we can't always just grab like, like we can't always just pick up like a strong concordance and look for the, the, the topic we want, find that word and go to that verse and it answers all of our questions. Yeah. There are, there are godly true principles to pull out. Mm hmm. And not that it's only something that is pulled out, but we sometimes will talk about the Bible as a handbook, uh, just as an analogy. And I guess it can be that, but I guess it's not like an encyclopedia where, well, what do you do when, you know, your boss at work is giving you a hard time? What do you do when, yeah. Right. You're afraid of this. You can't look that up in the index and then go find a section that teaches you what to do about that. Yeah. Sometimes what you need to do is look through how does God, what is the character of God? What does he say about the human experience and then say, okay, now where does my story fit into that? And then how do I, which I got to say on this, you know, uh, we're doing a study in young adults called redeem the screens by Kyle Eidelman. And it's on right now media. If you want to check it out, the second session I thought was really good last week. And he said this, he goes, you know, he talked about what people Google today and what should I do is like, has increased like 80%. Um, or something like that, or it's 80% of searches. I it, it was like a crazy statistic that more people than ever are Googling, like, 
how, what should I do in this situation? How do I live my life? And he's like, I can't help but think that God is up there longing for us to ask him those questions so he could be the answer. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that was really, whoa. But, uh, right. So we can approach scripture like, well, what do I do when this happens? And it does speak to some issues directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But it also should be pointing us to God as well, where we say, God, what what mm-hmm. should I do? And between Scripture and the Holy Spirit and godly counsel, we can find what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. And um, Pastor Jamal, you know, your sermon, Come to the Table, again, I thought was great. I was here for that one. And I did want to say this. I did uh, preach on this same passage uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm for a series we did at Searchlight called How Big Is Your Butt? <laughs> B-U-T. Oh, right. So how big? Right. It was all about excuses. All about the excuses when that you, they give. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When, when you say to God, yeah, but, so it was called right. How Big Is Your Butt? That was the name of our series. Because mm. that's that's what we did at Searchlight. This so. is when you know I work with kids too much because it makes me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's supposed to but make that you is giggle. Supposed to, yeah, it's, yeah, it's supposed, supposed to, to make you they, giggle. Yeah, that was, an, that was on purpose. I won't tell you some other ones we did. but anyway. <laughs> So you could just uh, you know go on Facebook or something. But I it, but it was so funny because I kicked off that series. I think, I think I'm pretty sure it was August. And uh, so then you know, people remember, they're like, hey, you did that butt sermon. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, I was at Starbucks in the drive-thru. Wow. And somebody's like, hey, you did the butt sermon. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, can so you please funny. remember me for something else? <laughs> 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 but it was, it was so funny. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, yeah, this is a great passage. And actually, something, too, it's the parable of the banquet. And, right, they were invited and then all these guests come up with the excuses and then the master of the banquet, like he's, he's angry about it. Uh, but something I remember about that passage too, was that, you know, just an, another element was like that they had all agreed to go. I mean, it's like, well, I just got married. You know, I just bought a field. It's like, well, that sounds pretty important. I mean, if you just got married, you probably can't go to the banquet. He's probably on his honeymoon or you, you, and obviously it's a parable, but the idea is they were invited and so they're like, hey, why haven't you showed up yet? And it was like, oh, uh, kind of changed my mind. Um, well, you know, I just got married. Mm. Well, I, I just bought a field. Like, you know, I, I got to check it out. And um, so they they agreed to go, but then they came up with excuses. But um, I think it was really great how you challenged us in the beginning. You said, how does my table look in comparison to the Lord's table? And I thought, I think you said that in the beginning, and I thought mm-hmm. that was a good already i have to compare myself to yeah to the lord's table am i reflecting that i'm a christian but you're not asking am i am i christian you're saying how does it look in comparison and you know the same thing i don't know if i saw this necessarily before in the story in verse 15 when the pharisee said you know oh how blessed are those who are at the lord's table I guess from the surface, I'm just like, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's great to be at the Lord's table. Yeah. But you pointed out the what he was really communicating. Yeah. There. So, so you and and you won't know that you won't see it unless you see it from verse the verses before that set up the whole thing, right? Like Jesus himself is invited to a dinner, and this is where this is all taking place. He's invited to a dinner. It's on the Sabbath, so. You already know how the Lord, he know how he gets on the Sabbath. He's like, oh, this is my day to show out. And it's a bunch of Jews too? Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, like in his yeah, mind, yeah. I imagine he, 
there's a level of antagonistic kind of like behavior from Jesus. I oh, don't know if you can bother really you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I don't know if we really could talk about Jesus in that light, but I do believe that sometimes he does kind of come off that way. But he, do, I think he is doing it on purpose because he's trying to prove a point. And so I'm trying to prove multiple points. But yeah, so he's himself invited to a dinner and everyone is understands culturally when you're invited, you don't just sit anywhere. You allow the host to sit you in your seat so that you can be placed in, in the place of due honor. Right. And so he that's where he kind of starts the conversation. He's like, you know, be careful that you don't sit in the wrong seat, because if you sit in the wrong seat, you know, like you can find yourself getting humbled when someone of greater status comes in and they, you know, and they see them higher than you. And so then. People are like, oh, yeah, that's true. And then Jesus flips it on its head and says, yeah, so you should probably not invite those type of people. <laughs> like, he, you know, he's <laughs> like, you should probably focus more on people who can do nothing for you. That's kind of where he's like throwing in his lot, which and, causes. And I like too what you said about that was something I wrote, at least in my notes, like that's what being like God is like. You mm. want to be like God. Mm. You yeah. invite people who can't give you anything. Right. You You're don't doing not this out swear. Of the good, yeah. You don't look nice. Yeah. You invite people who can't give you anything. Right. That's what looking like God Cause is. Because at the end of the day, and this is just me. I just thought, wow, I'm about to get really, really, really real here. You know, I grew up. Our scenario was, you know, we were, we were the, we didn't have a lot. And so oftentimes people would, yeah, we got invited over to a bunch of different places you know, because we just demographically come f came from a different place than, than the people around us. And so there's a lot of times we were blessed in a lot of different ways. But if I'm just being honest, growing up, I noticed the people who did it out of the kindness of their heart and the people who did it because they wanted to add a badge to their life. And wow. so for me, I've always been conscious of that. Wow. So like having grown up in that, I've always been like, yeah, I, if someone's going to do something for me, hey, no, man, come on, do whatever. Like, I'm like, oh, OK, this person is doing this because they care. But if they're doing something because they're like they want something from me and if they're going to hold it over my head, then I made a point to never really try to have conversation or contact with those people because I didn't want to be utilized like that. That was just like, yeah, that's just the human flesh in me. But you I'm just you saying that to say in this story, Jesus is using kind of like a similar picture to say, you know, why don't you reach out to people who can't give you anything back in return and you just do this because i don't know it's kind i don't know because that's what it looks like to just be a person who's like i care about people yeah and so that's kind of where jesus is coming from and then the guy kind of tries to throw in and says well you know what blessed are those who get to sit and eat at the table you know because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's trying to justify you know again like he's trying yeah. to justify himself and maybe even justify like what it means to even be invited to the table. Um, and I think that in that moment, when you read the scripture, it says, but the Lord said to him. So like, it's like he knew Jesus knew to respond with this parable because he was going to speak directly towards the attitude in which this guy gave this statement. So like, sometimes you just have to like see some of those elements in there. And obviously Jewish, yeah, yeah. Jewish customs kind of helps you to. It's say, cool that you say it. Cause I, I read it now and it, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like he's unpacking all of this, and he's like, "All right, your attitude here is that you think you deserve to be here, you know." And blessed are those who get to sit at this table, and those who are blessed and get to sit at the table are the chosen people of God. 
And so then Jesus is like, well, let me tell you a parable about people who have chosen to come to the table. (laughs) They don't, (laughs) you know, like he's like, they don't, they don't want to come to the table. And it's, it's just compound. He's Jesus is so good. Like he's compounding this moment to hit on all of these levels, uh, you know, on all of these different levels and all these different issues, um, just from like culture to, to, to spiritual truth. Like he's just so he's, he's God. So obviously he like, he's good at this, but like in that moment, he's like, you know, the invitation has gone out. And even while I'm here yet in your presence, you're not, you're not, you're choosing not to partake. And it's so, I don't know. I just love that. He unpacks that like that, but that's kind of what the scripture, you know, says and um, kind of like what the, the passage teaches. And I think I just tried to use it as an opportunity to talk about, you know, our series being, you know, won't you be my neighbor? What do our like, what are we doing to invite people to the tables in our own homes? And so that's what. Yeah. And I've said before too, I put it in here. Like, I think a lot of times this isn't true all the time of every Christian, but a lot of times Christians, especially if you've been a Christian for a while, we can oftentimes relate more to the Pharisees in the story. Right. And so we just need to watch that. He's, he's, coming at the pharisee the jewish religious person who's like well you know what i'm blessed because i'm here already right, right, you right. know what i'm saying like right. i think whatever and that can be our attitude is like well you know what i mean i'm in the church I- i'm saved mm-hmm. the rest of these guys they're <laughs> somebody i'm doing what i'm supposed to do right i'm right. gonna tell you what i think i'm like i'm nine no 90 let me just take this back 65 percent <laughs> sure that this was a joke mm-hmm. but i wasn't 100 percent sure they're like Oh, Pastor Matt, you know, I mean, these liberal Democrats, they're they're not my neighbor, right? I turn the other way. And I was like, I'm like, well, I think you're missing the point of the story. I said, I think you just I think you just hit it on the head. That's exactly it. And he was like, nope, I got to turn the other way when I see those guys. And I, 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 I'm pretty sure it was a joke because I'm like, you're, you're hoping it's a joke. I'm, well, I'm definitely hoping, you're, you're it's hoping a joke. it was a joke. I still think if I had to put money down, it was a joke. everyone so we're going to hold it up right there unfortunately we had i think like a glitch in the system and we lost the second half of our audio for this episode pastor todd said it best he's like technology is great when it works so anyway uh yeah i'm disappointed we missed some of the um, discussion but you know i think the heart of it was still there we were talking about the sermon and um you know how we just want to be reflective of checking ourselves and our motives and being humble before God. It was some good discussion, but, um, you know, I'm glad that we get to do this every week and we get to hear our pastor's perspectives uh, through this podcast. And so, you know, we'll do it again in the future. We'll do it again next week, most likely. And so thank you so much for joining us on this episode and we'll see you next time.